This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Ah, you're beautiful, Jesus. We love you. I pray that as we talk about the Holy Spirit of God this evening and the gifts that you have in store for us, I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus that you would just release grace to us to receive the things that you want us to receive, to hear the things that you want us to hear. We're ready, God. We want to know you. We want to be close to you. So just speak to us. You be our teacher and our instructor this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we introduced the topic that we'll be diving into tonight, the gifts of the Spirit. <clears throat> now, this whole year, we've been setting the stage really uh, on, on getting to know who the Holy Spirit is on a deeper level. We spent a lot of time talking about beloved identity, what that means for you and I as a Christian to know that we're the beloved of Almighty God. We're not just saved, we're his beloved. He so loved us that he saved us. He's crazy about you and I. And that helped build the foundation for where we went in our relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And we've talked about a lot of different things, too much to recap just in today. But as of last week, we kind of moved into a another phase of this, which is talking a bit about the gifts of the Spirit. We covered, we covered several different instructions from the Apostle Paul, not just encouraging believers to understand the gifts of the Spirit, but to zealously pursue the gifts activity within our own lives. One of our big points was that this was not a suggestion, this was a commandment. And if the Apostle Paul is commanding you and I to do something, man, we probably should be paying attention. It wasn't a suggestion like, hey, if you're feeling, you know, good and the, and the moon's hitting you just right and the temperature's just perfect and you're in a good mood, then maybe consider this. No, he was saying, this is absolutely important. I want every believer to do this. So zealously pursue this, which leads us into our first point, which you can track along with us in the app tonight as well. All the notes are there. It's this. These gifts are not only for today. They are for you today. They are for you today. I honestly believe this with all of my heart. This isn't about just the pastors or the elders or the leaders or the musicians or whatever to function in this kind of gifting. This is for the stay-at-home mom. This is for the businessman. This is for the school teacher. This is for the CEO as well as it's for the blue-collar worker. This is for you and I, every single person across this room. I truly believe the power of God is not reserved for the high and mighty. It is reserved for believers, for Christians, sons and daughters of the Most High God, which you and I are. And if you're not yet, then praise God, tonight's your night. I want to pray for you and you would give your heart to Jesus. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made and your life will never be the same. I promise you that. And if that's happened to you in the room, can I get an amen? Okay, you're alive. Cool. We're there. Awesome. Let's jump into a bit of these gifts. Tonight's going to be a little bit teachy, but it'll get a little preachy as, as well. So let me hit you with a couple things here. Here we go. The, the three different categories of gifts. Okay, the first is the revelation gifts. Everyone say revelation. The only way this happens is by the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. Where this is, this is going to cover words of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Those are the revelation gifts. Now, obviously, we're going to go through all of the different gifts of the Spirit. Some weeks that we might be able to pack a couple of gifts into one night. Some of the gifts are a little bit more extensive, and they might take a little bit more time. And some of these gifts we might spend a couple of weeks on because I don't want to rush through it trying to package, for example, a prophecy or the gifts of healing into just one night. And so I want to begin to 
uh, dangle a carrot out in front of you to begin to believe that God has something for you if you will begin to wet your whistle and build an appetite for it. I feel like that's a lot of the issue that we have within the church is that we're so full, we don't have an appetite for anything new or anything fresh. And what I want you and I to do tonight is I want us to begin to develop an appetite for something that is new, that the Lord is beginning to stir up within us. I've, I've already studied these things many times. I've operated in these gifting many different times. But every single time I study it and every single time I go back to the Lord and say, God, give me an appetite for this again, I begin to notice a fresh desire for it. I begin to notice a fresh activation in it. I begin to notice a fresh grace on my life to operate in this new gifting and I believe it's something that God is constantly strengthening within my life. Those of you who go to the gym, you know what it's like when you're working out new and fresh muscles. It's a little sore at first. It's a little uncomfortable until what? The muscle rebuilds. It gets stronger. Then you get bigger and swole patrol. And you look like Hunter over here, which is amazing, right? So that's what you and I want to do on a consistent basis. We want to continue to work that out and get stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's the same way with our gifting. So the first set of gifts, there's three of them within it, is the revelation gifts. The second set of gifts is the power gifts. Everyone say power. Demonstrations of his power in a myriad of different ways. Those gifts are the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and working of miracles. Power gifts. Pretty much, for the most part, everybody's favorite. Who wants to talk about the power gifts? Just cut straight to the power gifts. Really fun stuff. Let's go to the third one. This is inspirational gifts. These are only inspired of the Holy Spirit. No way it could be given otherwise. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And we'll get to those within a few weeks as well. So I wanted to make sure you guys had those and you kind of know the, the course that we're charting before us for the next several weeks. And I want you to begin to start praying and asking the Lord, God, what do these types of gifts begin to look like in your life and in my life? Let's obviously go to our key verse. This is in 1 Corinthians. It's a very familiar passage, really, really clutch passage in 1 Corinthians 12, where he's introducing to the Corinthian church what these giftings are. And he's also giving instruction, which we'll get into a little bit in the weeks to come on how to use these gifts and why to use these gifts as well. But let's just read it for tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Notice how there's a lot there that has to do with what's given to one for the benefit of all. Benefit of all. Benefit of all. Benefit of all. The gifts of the Spirit, a common thread throughout this, is that this isn't for you to just enjoy yourself. It's not for you and I to just have a gift that goes, oh, cool, look at the amazing gifting that I have. Oh, how exciting that I gave a prophetic word and it was accurate. Don't I feel good about myself? No, this is about building up the congregation. This is about benefiting somebody else. This is about removing self from the equation, being so rooted in beloved identity in my relationship with Almighty God that I become a positive influence in the lives of those around me. Hello? Hello? Some of us are here. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get you there. It's okay. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. We're going to endeavor through these revelation gifts 
first. That part was not supposed to be in the verse. That was my own note. Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to actually read a quote here. It's rather long, but I want you to just listen. So if it's better for you to read and listen, you can try to read it on the screen. I put it all on one slide, or you can just listen to me. This is by Dr. Brian Simmons. He's currently translating his way through what's called the Passion Translation. You hear me read it a lot of times in here. He's just a really smart guy who's doing another translation of the Bible, and it's really amazing. It's filled with the love of God, and it's incredibly just beneficial. So I encourage you to get it, but the whole 66 books haven't been translated yet. They've only gotten through the New Testament. Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, I think they're almost done with Genesis and doing some other stuff. But anyways, here's what he says concerning this in his footnotes. He says, to summarize, God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit delights to give spiritual gifts to his people, the Bride of Christ. These gifts are imparted by God to every believer upon conversion as the Holy Spirit chooses. They will confirm the Word of God and expand the kingdom of God. Spiritual gifts can be neglected and misused but they remain the divine power source for Christ's body on the earth. Through teaching, evangelizing, prophesying, and demonstrating the miraculous, God uses his people to expand his kingdom and to establish righteousness on the earth through the proper use of the gifts he has given. There was no place in scripture or church history where these gifts were taken away or removed from the body of Christ. The church moves forward through these divine gifts. Spiritual gifts do not replace the word of God, but the word of God will spread and flourish as the fully equipped body of Christ operates in the wise use of God's enabling power. This is what I want for you and I. To have understanding and know how to utilize these with wisdom an unction of the Holy Spirit with sound teaching, which is something we talked about last week, how oftentimes when people got uh, a gifting that was released in their life, but they had no sound teaching behind them, teaching them how to use the power that they've been given, all of a sudden people got in off into air and started uh, acting crazy or doing this or kind of getting out of order, which is a little bit about what's happening in the Corinthian church, which is why Paul's writing them saying, hey, let me give you some instruction. I love that you love the gifts you want to utilize the gifts. Let me just make sure that with much power, much responsibility is going to follow. I think that was for Spider-Man. What's the guy's name who said that? Uncle Ben. The, the great prophet Uncle Ben. With great power comes great responsibility. I don't know. Spider-Man's the worst superhero, so I don't really watch him. Just kidding. That was a personal jab at Mitchell. He loves Spider-Man. Okay. You know who loves Spider-Man? My son Judah and Mitchell. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, that's not important. Let's keep going. So I want us to have sound teaching and understanding about what the gifting is and what it does, how to utilize it, so then we can operate it correctly. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been in the church in any length of time, I've seen people that have misused the gifts. But just because individuals have misused the gifts, we shouldn't get rid of them. Has anybody in this room ever seen anybody misuse a vehicle? Driving too fast, driving too crazy, swerving backwards, peeling out, spinning donuts in the parking lot by our house. If I find you, I'm going to get you. Like, I don't, like all this kind of stuff that's going on, and, and they've misused it. But yet, we all probably drove here tonight, right? 
Because just because somebody misuses it doesn't mean we discard it. It just means we go back to sound understanding, teaching, and instruction. We follow by the rules, doing things God's way. And what was misused can actually be used properly, and it will benefit you and so many others. Amen? The same with the gifts. Word of wisdom. It's a revelation gift. It's a revelation gift. What I like to do when I teach through this, and I have taught through this a couple times, even here at Faith Chapel with some of my group, I like to give us an in short, like let's just dumb it down and make it real simple to understand. Word of wisdom is this. In short, it's God's wisdom communicated through you to somebody else or given directly to you for your own benefit. It's a godly download of wisdom for you or to get through you to somebody else. Pretty simplistic, right? So I heard someone say, this is the, the great wise prophet of Faith Chapel said this, I don't have gray hair, I have wisdom highlights, I'm just very wise. That was not James chapter 5, James chapter 1 there. I, don't, I have gray hair, I have wisdom highlights, I don't have gray hair, I, I'm just very wise, I like that. So it may be difficult to tell the difference between your own natural wisdom that you or I might have and a word of wisdom that comes from God because a lot of times those lines get a little blurry. Now, we're supposed to have aspects of wisdom, right? For example, I love talking about my wife. I think my wife's one of the wisest people that I've ever met. And if you haven't got to talk with her and try to receive or glean some of her incredible wisdom, you should take her out for a cup of coffee and and just get to talk to her a little bit because she is just full of wisdom. And usually it's something that just smacks me upside the head that is just like, why in the world didn't I think of that? And we're just having casual conversation. And she's like, no, don't do that. Or yes, do this. And I'm like, you're right. We had this conversation last night. There was something I was talking to her about, like, I don't know if we should do this. And she's like, no, absolutely. We should do this. And she literally convinced me. And she was continuing her argument to convince me. But she had already convinced me in the first five seconds. So I literally had to cut her off at one minute because I was like, all right, I got it. You already totally convinced me. You're 100% right. Absolutely. I don't know how I didn't see that. Duh. That was her incredible wisdom that she flows with. So she's got high capacity for that. We're told through the book of James in James chapter 1 verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So if we lack wisdom, just ask God and he's going to go ahead and he's going to give you wisdom. So that natural wisdom that we have or a God-given wisdom can be different than a particular word of wisdom given in a particular moment from the Spirit of God for a purpose or a moment or a situation. So in talking about the gifts of the Spirit, oftentimes we find ourselves in a moment where we're like, I don't know what to do. All of the wisdom, all of the things that I've experienced that have led me up to this point, I'm still at a loss for direction. So God help me. And then all of a sudden you might get a download from heaven that comes swooping into your mind and it's a, it's a word of wisdom for the given moment, okay? Check this out. Wisdom is yesterday's revelation that has been processed and made into a way of thinking. Wisdom is yesterday's revelation that has been processed and made into a way of thinking. It is a general understanding of God's ways, God's purposes, and God's principles learned over time. Wisdom becomes a great foundation for every believer. Now, also talking about revelation, revelation is God lifting the veil created by sin within our hearts, and he allows us to receive fresh insight from him directly. Fresh insight from him directly. You see, revelation is a spontaneous and specific understanding for current situations. It is applicable truth for today. 
That's what revelation is. It's an apical truth. It's like going to God and getting revelation on something or wisdom on something even for the moment, which is awesome. If you just operate based on wisdom, we can, be, we can fall into the trap of becoming an old wineskin that cannot take new wine. The present word of the Lord. Without revelation, we were merely maintain our ministries and never truly operate in kingdom advancement. This is why wisdom and revelation coupled together is so crucial. We must continually come to God for fresh revelation, fresh truth, so that our, our, our youth can be renewed as the eagles, as it says in Psalms 103. This heart posture will keep us willing to break out of the mold and jump off new cliffs into deeper waters so that he could begin to release great things through us. Let me show you it in scripture. It says, this in Ephesians 1.17. Paul says to the, the church of Ephesus, he says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Hello, intimacy once again. We'll never steer too far from talking about being intimate with Almighty God because it is the crux that holds our relationship with him together. It is this whole thing, this whole story is a romantic love story of how he's carved away through every jungle that humanity could throw his way or the enemy could throw his way in order to get your heart because you're his beloved. He's absolutely crazy about you. No matter what you did yesterday or today, he's crazy about you. But he's encouraging us, walk with wisdom, the things that we learned and processed from yesterday, and also walk in fresh revelation out of current intimacy and relationship with him, the stuff that he's telling you and I to do today. Let me give you a couple examples of when words of wisdom showed up in scripture. So there's a story where still playing their games with this woman who's caught in the very act of adultery, that she is brought before Jesus and thrown at his feet, and they thought for sure that they've got Jesus now. They've been trying to back Jesus into a corner. They've been trying to trick him with all of their wordplay and questions. These religious leaders are doing everything they can to break him down because they're scared of a person who not only can talk about it, but can demonstrate it. They've seen other people that came up with new doctrines. It wasn't uncommon in this day and age for somebody to show up with a new theology or a new doctrine, a new set of beliefs that he was trying to encourage people to. Some of these risings uh, had a few followers, but most of the time they amounted to nothing. But then Jesus stepped on the scene, starts preaching the kingdom of God, but not only does he preach it, he backs it up with demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. That changed the game. Now, these guys are freaked out, and they're trying to kill him. So, of course, they bring this woman caught in adultery. They throw him at his feet, and then their, their, their thought is, if he does stone her, then, then they've ruined his persona of grace and mercy that he preaches. But if he lets her go, then, then he's breaking the law. So Jesus is seemingly stuck. John chapter 8, verse 6. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. I believe this direction from the Lord was an incredible download of a word of wisdom for the moment on what to do. It was, I believe it was this gifting and operation 
we're looking at the situation. You're like, what is he going to do? He's stu- if he goes this way, if he goes this way, he's stuck. But I believe the Holy Spirit, as, as Jesus never did anything that the Father wasn't telling him to do. So out of that relationship, I believe there was a word of wisdom and operation in that moment where he found another door. He found a, a way to slip through and, and, and not have to kill the woman, but also not have to break the law. And it was amazing how he did this. Let me give you another example. In Acts chapter 23, Paul finds himself before the Supreme Council. It's getting a bit rowdy. Paul is even struck and he's beaten and he's standing up to the high priest. He even calls the high priest a pretender. And people are like, you talk to the high priest like that? And he's like, oh, I didn't know that was the high priest. My bad. I apologize. The argument is getting heated. It's increasing. But then Paul notices something about the people that were coming against him. He notices that they were from two different sects of religious uh, faculty, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 23, verse 6. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. I love it. It was this half of this room was Sadducees, this half of this room was Pharisees, and everyone's coming against Paul. And all of a sudden, Paul says, hey, it's because of the resurrection of the dead that I'm being judged up here. Now, this side of the room believes in the resurrection of the dead, and they believed in the supernatural, the angelic, things like that. But this side of the room did not. So now, all of a sudden, everybody took their scopes off of Paul and put their scopes on top of each other. And they started cross-firing at each other, and Paul just kind of moseys on out of there, which is amazing. Once again, I believe it was a download word of wisdom to say, hey, take a look, Paul. You got Pharisees and Sadducees. Let them know what you're really being accused of, and let them turn on one another, and you could slip on out. That's pretty amazing. I don't think you would have maybe thought of that in that moment, but it was a genius, I believe, word of wisdom in the moment. I've discovered that the gift of the word of wisdom typically comes in a moment where wisdom is needed for that moment. You see, much of the time as we grow in maturity and relationship with the Lord, our wisdom in the things of God begin to grow and begin to mature. I've been in ministry a little over 10 years. And as I've done this, I've gained some wisdom from circumstances that we've done in the past. We handled a situation or we handled an individual or we handled a scenario one way back here. And we saw how it played out over time. And then now when I'm faced with that same situation in a different person, I look at how we handled it then and I go, man, I I don't like how the results came out with that individual. I had to apologize. I had to make things right. I had to ask forgiveness or, or maybe that person got offended or got hurt. So I need to change what I'm doing and try to get it right this time. So that was just learning practical wisdom in the things of ministry. Okay. So wisdom is needed in my immaturity. And and I've, I've come across the gift of wisdom in many situations where I was like, before I had any other natural wisdom to pull from, I said, God help. That's a mistake that I've made many times is that I did not ask God for any help. And I just tried to make the best guess. Have you you guys ever done that? Am I the only one? Where you just look at your situation, you look at how your boss is dealing with you, you look at how your kids are acting, or you look about, uh, you got A, B, or C, and you don't really know what to do, and so we kind of just make a best guess. And sometimes we guess right, and sometimes we guess wrong, and we get ourselves into trouble. 
But if we'll be able to go to God and say, God, help. God, give me understanding. God, give me grace and and help me, Lord. And I truly believe often a download of wisdom comes in that moment. And we don't get ourselves into any trouble because we were able to go to him and get a download of wisdom to begin with. So there's no longer, the best case scenario is to not always have to rely on a word of wisdom from the Lord. It's to gain understanding in our situations and learn and get natural wisdom so that we grow through personal experience and what we're doing. But we're always going to be faced with a new scenario that we don't haven't, haven't been at before, hence the gift of wisdom, or we can go to God and say, God, give me a download of wisdom or an operation of the gift of wisdom in this situation because I've never faced this before. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I'm nervous, and I don't want to mess this up. So God, please. And I truly believe as you pray and you begin to believe, God will respond to you and not leave you hanging. So let's apply wisdom in all that we do. Don't just pray the word of the Lord to bail us out of difficult situations, but grow in natural wisdom as well. Let me give you a couple cool stories. I remember this one story, my Theo, he he was the guy who mentored me. I talk about him a lot when I preach because he really helped lay a lot of the foundation for my faith in God. And so one time he he needed help jumping his car and there was these guys down the street. I'm reading the story because I want to make sure I get it 100% right. There was these guys down the street and these guys did not like him very much. So all of a sudden he puts up the hood on his car and he's basically signaling for help, but these guys never come. So he's frustrated. Now, all of a sudden he gets an idea from the Lord. And he felt like the Lord said, connect to the negative, the negative, and the positive to the positive with these jumper cables. The Lord says to put the negative other end and connect it to a metallic post nearby and throw the other end in a puddle of water because it had just started to rain. Then all of a sudden he went to the vehicle, cranked it up, and it started up no problem. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a mechanic. I don't even know if that makes sense. But all I'm telling you is that he did it, and all of a sudden, the car fired up exactly the way it was supposed to be. He closed his hood and drove right by those guys and kind of looked at him like, what's up, Vato? And that's my uncle, if you know him. So he just drove by feeling all kinds of good. And it was just a download of wisdom where he was like, I don't know what to do or how to resolve this situation. And God said, try this. And God has infinite resource, infinite wisdom, he knows our situations. I've talked to people that have said, I've gone to the doctor again and again and again and again, and I've asked for wisdom. I'm No, rather, I've asked for healing and healing and healing, and I've never seen the healing come. And, and I've sat and talked with them and said, have you ever asked God for wisdom? They're like, no, I just asked for healing. <laughs> Maybe ask God for wisdom. Because he might begin to allude to you that what you really don't need is healing. What you need is some wisdom on maybe something that is already in your diet that if you, ex- if you excommunicated that from your diet, then that might solve the problem altogether. And so we forget to ask for wisdom because we're too busy asking for healing. And God's like, yes, I could absolutely heal you, but better yet, I give you wisdom and understanding. And if you'll understand what it is I want you to do, you might be able to appreciate it all the more otherwise than just cashing in a quick healing. Does that make sense? It's amazing. My sister, she's serving God like crazy now and loves the Lord. But before she was, she ran away from home, which is like, I'm assuming every dad's worst nightmare, every parent's worst nightmare. And uh, so she runs away from home. She's not serving God. She's running around with a really rough crowd. And uh, these guys are like, um, just trouble. Anyways, long story short, my dad's praying for her and praying for her and praying for her. God, bring my little girl home. God, bring my little girl home. And he's praying and he's getting no results. 
She's not coming. She's not showing up. Nothing seems to be working. He's frustrated. He doesn't know what to do. So the Lord speaks to him one day, and he gets a download of the word of wisdom. And what the Lord was basically saying was, sow into the thing that you don't have. Invest in the thing that you don't have. And what, the, what my dad took that as is he said, if I can't fix what my daughter is doing, my heart is still yearning for a daughter to come home. Maybe if I can't go find her, I can pour into somebody else's daughter. So he literally got in his truck and began to drive around. And through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he comes across a lady that's walking outside in the rain. She's pregnant. So he, he pulls over and he starts a conversation with her and gets her out of the rain. Long story short, he ends up leading this girl to the Lord. She gets saved, falls in love with Jesus. My dad personally and some others come around them and disciple her and start pouring into her and invest in her relationship with God. She continues to serve the Lord. And it wasn't too much longer after that that my, my sister came home from running away got her heart back right with God. And then not only that, but she gave her heart to Jesus and then eventually her son gave his heart to Jesus and the, and, and the story goes on of an incredible testimony. But it was a word of wisdom that came to my dad. It was instruction from the Lord, which was, yes, pray, yes, believe, yes, fast, don't stop doing those things. But on top of that, sow into somebody else's daughter. Sow into the very thing that you don't have. Go find somebody else who's hurting and invest into that individual and watch it come back to you tenfold. Amen? I love that. That like toots my horn and gets me excited. <laughs> Sowing into the very thing that you or I don't have. And this is a principle of the kingdom that literally works all across the board, whether it's finances or whether it's help in somebody's life, whatever it might be. Really amazing. Strategy and direction from the Lord, getting that word of wisdom from the Lord is massive. This is, let me show you this with you as we kind of wrap this up. This is the overall purpose as to why we move in any of the gifts of the Spirit, why we would walk in obedience to the Lord and demonstrate to the world around us a powerful God. Why not only letting people see uh, the power of God, but really going after their heart? It's this. The gifts minister to individuals, drawing them nearer to the kingdom. This is why I want you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Because Jesus modeled it. Because not only did Jesus model it, but he and Paul both literally set the stage for you and I to move in this exact same gifting because people need to be swept into the kingdom of God. My Theo used to tell me this back when Xbox had first come out. Now it's like Xbox 10,000 or whatever. I don't know what it is. But back when Xbox was the biggest thing, he would say, Miho, you know what we need? We need a generation that believes in something greater than Xbox. In other words, kids nowadays needed to see something greater than the, than the latest movie. They need something more exciting. They need something more addictive than what they can get out there. And I said, well, the answer is, of course, King Jesus. But then I looked at my life and I realized, am I modeling something that's that exciting? Am I modeling? Can I demonstrate something that addictive? Can I demonstrate something that actually has power? Or do I just host good and cute church services? Do we just have really cute, fun nights where we get together and do fun stuff? Or is there truly an answer that is found in the faith of what you and I do? 
If we were able to peel back the spiritual veil of what's happening in this room, would it just be a bunch of people sitting in chairs and some guy talking on a microphone? Or is there literally a spiritual realm where things are swirling and moving in the lives of people all across this room? People that are riddled with doubt, people that are riddled with depression or hurt, people that are sick, people that are demonized. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that could be circling around this room right now. And my prayer is that we would be a people, we would be a ministry, and we would be believers that truly have an answer for people that have questions and for people who are hurting. Not just, hey, I hope you had a really good time. We'll see you next week. We know how to do that. We know how to do that well. But I want to be somebody who carries an answer because people need to be swept into the kingdom of God. They need an encounter with the king of the kingdom. And he lives inside of you and he lives inside of me. So I want to move in the gifts of the spirit. I want the power of God to flow through my life. I want when I pray for somebody not to be articulate, fancy words that wow people because wow, you can use a lot of cool words. It's not about any of that. If there's no fruit that follows, shouldn't fruit follow? Shouldn't there be power in these hands that when we lay hands on the sick, they recover? Shouldn't there be the power in this voice and on these lips that when you and I speak as a very oracle of the living God, something happens and there's a response within the spiritual frequency of an individual that doesn't just hear from Josiah, but hears from the spirit of God through Josiah and through Jonathan Downer and through Jacinta, and through Tammy, something comes through you and begins to rock people's souls. This is what I'm subscribing to. Maybe, Brian, you can come back up. The goal is to get people, not do magic tricks, so we could sell tickets. It's to get people. Do you think that God is interested in our magic tricks? I don't think so. I think he's interested in the people's hearts that he's after. I think he'll use any means necessary to get their hearts and the laid down lives of you and I as his first choice, the church, especially moving in supernatural gifting, especially moving in supernatural gifting. This will help us see the bigger picture. So what I want to do tonight is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me. I want to pray that this gift, last week we prayed and we said, God, this whole week, and I hope you've been doing it. I hope you've been praying and speaking to the Lord, saying, God, get me, get me ready for this. Wake up my spirit, man. Get me ready to receive from you that I would never be the same. What would your life look like? Who would you pray for? Who would you speak to? What doors would open up if all of a sudden what we read in the scriptures, what we read in the book of Acts literally starts to look like your life here in San Diego in 2019? What would it look like if you could prophesy to the word of the Lord? What would it look like if words of wisdom started coming straight into your life and you went into your boss's office tomorrow and said, I know we've been having problems with management or we've been having problems with finances or we've been having problems with this account. And you know what? I took it to God and started praying about it. And as I started praying, about it, I have an idea. Can I submit this to you? What would it look like if those things started to infiltrate our life and we weren't just believers hoping to get swooped up into heaven one day, but we started walking out what heaven looks like on earth the way Jesus told us to, man? It's inarguable. Jesus modeled it. 
And everybody across this room would agree that he's the perfect model, the standard. I want this for you and for me. And by the looks of many of your faces, I just, I see you dreaming a little bit. This is the kind of stuff that really got me amped up because I began to sit back and I'd already done the church thing my whole life. And all of a sudden I started hearing this kind of a message and I started to go, yeah, (laughs) like, let's go, let's go. You know what it started to do in me? I started taking risks. Some, some paid out and it was amazing what God did in the moment. And sometimes I fell flat on my face and messed it up, but I picked myself up and dusted myself back off, got back on the horse. Not like I ride horses. We rode horses the other day, but we don't normally ride horses. But I got back on the horse and just kept going after it again. It was amazing what God has begun to do in me. And I promise you, if you'll be willing to open yourself up to this reality, he'll start doing it through you and your life will never be the same you'll start thinking different and living different and your Christianity will become exciting. So exciting. And you'll wonder why we wasted so many years. But there's no time to change like the present. So would you stand with me? Holy Spirit of God, I'm asking that tonight you would increase our wisdom. That we would be open to fresh revelation today. That would become the wisdom for tomorrow. That we would be open to the gift of wisdom in operation in our lives in order to reach people and to demonstrate Jesus well to the world around us. God, I'm asking that tonight we would become sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. That we wouldn't be complacent with where we are. That we would not become apathetic in our faith. In fact, I begin to prophesy over these people that that you would just stir something up on the inside of them by the unction and authority of the Most High God. I call forth the gifts of the Spirit awakening on the inside of you that you would begin to believe that you are greater than you've ever been and you would begin to realize there is something on the inside of you that is beyond just you. It is the Spirit of God rising up on the inside of you giving glory to King Jesus. That your most attractive feature is Jesus the Christ residing on the inside of you full of power and full of glory and full of answers and solutions and full of power that would literally change the situation in people's lives. I truly believe this for every single individual in this room. He loves you like crazy whether you know it or not and he wants this to be released into your life. So I just call it forth in you and I put courage inside of you to begin to believe for greater. God, open up this this wonderful gift, the word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit of grace inside of our lives. Help us to get this, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you guys like crazy. I hope you know that. 
Thank you so much for being here tonight. We're going to continue to endeavor through this, but your homework is to begin to pray about these things. Really, start asking God. God, help me to be alert to the word of wisdom all throughout my week. When you go to work tomorrow or whatever it is you're doing, watch. It'll begin to happen, okay? God bless you guys. I love you like crazy. Have a fantastic evening. We'll see you.